Good afternoon, you're listening to Local Media This Week, the programme on Scarf Bay Community Radio, where we talk about what's new, current and happening in the media covering County Clare, which is generally the Clare Echo online and the paper and the uh, Clare Champion as well. And the Boys Club is uh, back in full effect this week. We're, we're missing uh, two of them, uh, but uh, we, we have an, an, an ample replacement. So coming down from the mountain, uh, we're, delighted, <laughs> we're delighted to welcome, uh, Pat, uh, fr- from the Sportsline team, we've borrowed him from, from the evening. So Pat, uh, Mac, uh, good evening to you. Thank you very much. Uh, lovely uh, welcome, Luke. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's, nice, it's nice to come down to you rather than be looking down. Exactly. And we have brought uh, tea and bickies uh, for you as well Pat just for in our in your honour so w- you. w- which we will have afterwards uh, David Fleming uh, good evening to you good afternoon and Pat O'Brien is here as well so how, how, how are we all keeping now lads we shall try and get things underway and uh, as I said now I have to uh, try, try and keep you under control we'll say for uh, the period of time that we're going to be talking about and uh, local media this week as always is sponsored by Ruth Griffin photography and we're very thankful to Ruth for her sponsorship of the show now there's many things we talk about on this program and uh, health invariably is one that is a regular one and on page four and five of the Claire Echo this week there is a we say what could best be described as a two-page spread by Porrick McMahon and we're also going to refer to page six of the uh, Claire Champion but I want to start with, uh, Porrick has an article there on page five, uh, and getting accountability off the government for the healthcare crisis in the Midwest is like playing handball against a haystack. A clear TD has claimed while it has been confirmed that the Taoiseach is, was to visit the hospital, uh, which would be Friday, as in two days ago, from when the, uh, this programme is broadcast. Uh, those comments come from independent TD Michael McNamara, and there's basically re- requests uh, that uh, he he indicated that he requested for the Taoiseach to visit Ennis Hospital so that, quote, he can bet he can get a better understanding of the underutilization of Model 2 hospitals such as Ennis, Neen and St. John's and their capacity to contribute to o- reducing overcrowding at UHL. Uh, Pat, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on well, first of all, I suppose we want to be very thankful for our health because, you know, there's so much going on uh, in terms of, I suppose, we're most familiar with with the whole issue with uh, Limerick, University Hospital Limerick. Uh, I have a daughter working in there and she, she talks about it sometimes, but uh, at this stage she stopped talking about it. She just goes on and gets on with it, I think. Um, we know, I suppose, we could we could be flippant about it, but I suppose if you need, if you need uh, treatment of any kind, I think you would be shaking your boots if your doctor recommended you to go to Limerick Hospital because of the overcrowding, mm-hmm. the amount of trolleys. Mm-hmm. And we know the staff in there are super. We know they're brilliant medical people, nursing staff, et, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, front, of, front door staff or porter staff and all that sort of thing. But to get uh, actually into the service initially without waiting for... Yeah, it's getting into the... All day and all night. And, yeah. and, and, no, and no one really has yeah. any complaints about the care when you're no. in the system. To get into but the it's system. actually getting into it. Is, and, then, is the issue. and then I suppose the other issue then is that Nina, Innes and St. John's uh, hospitals are underused and understaffed and underinvested in. And of course we were always told that 
no, 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 if you want the top services, mm. if you want the best of care in cancer and all the others, cardiac and all that, you needed one centre of excellence to each region. Mm. You couldn't have all these services in the smaller hospitals. But it's clear from from the, from the uh, <laughs> Michael Mack, and I know we, we, we all wanted to quote this line, but as, as Michael Mack said, Michael McNamara TD is quoted there, but you, were, you, you went to the first look, having spotted it there when you were doing your research, that it is easier to get, oh, did you say it already, get information? It's harder than playing handball against a haystack. I'll let you say it because it's a great line, it's worth saying. And I suppose what it meant was why is Ennis and Nina, I presume, and St. John's, which is a fine hospital, so underused? And why could not lesser procedures, urgent enough in their own way, very helpful to the the patients and the public, and, and, and you know, could make a huge difference in terms of being seen quicker, being closer to home, etc. Find that more investment there in staff and in and in facilities, rather than having UL in the state it's in. I think it's the worst performing hospital in, in terms of being seen. So that's what it's all about there in general. We, we've heard it often, but I, I would just hate to be referred to Limerick Hospital myself. I'm no no around the corner for us, any of us health wise, mm. but uh, it's just something that it's frightening. Mm. And you mm. know, on top of the illness you have, mm. Mm. the worry about what you're facing yeah. when you win. So that's that's my. No, you're right, moment. Pat. And there's a story here uh, by Dan Danaher uh, <coughs> of. Of a, a 78-year-old woman. I think it was Deputy McNamara who raised this in the doll last week um, on Tuesday last. A 78-year-old woman who presented at Ennis Hospital and was told that because there was no orthopaedic consultant available, she had to go to Limerick. So she went to Limerick and uh, she was waiting for days on a trolley. And as Deputy McNamara points out, and as Pat was reflecting, you know, this was an old woman. She was ill. She was on a trolley, waiting to be admitted, probably getting some sort of attention, but nobody wants to be on a trolley. Um, and, you know, as, as, as he pointed out, this is not just another statistic, even though it is, because this would be quoted as, you know, so many people waiting at so many times. This is a real person here. Mm. And if it was your mother or grandmother, um, you wouldn't want it. Um, oh, the, the When are the medical profession when when is the medical profession going to admit um, that they made a mistake at least in this region for making UHL the Limerick <coughs> Regional Hospital as it was called then the main centre for excellence when it's one of the largest regions in the country mm-hmm. when are they going to admit that the mistake is made because the politicians are falling back on the advice that it was the medical profession who argued for a centre of excellence where you would have all the orthopaedics and all the other all the other prof- uh, consultants in the one yeah. place. And the politicians are very quick to quote that too. They are. To back themselves up, yeah, of course. But they're right, I think, in this case. Yeah. Right? Medical people. Like, if you look at the figures the there, um, UHL's workforce has grown by more than more than 1,000 full-time staff um, uh, since 2019. With two and a half years, and its budget has increased by 20%. Now, I'd like to know how many of those are frontline staff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know? Um, a, f- a thousand full staff. Like, there's all sorts of staff included in that. That's not too surprising um, that, uh, that an organization like that would grow. But the problem is it's not keeping pace. That's exactly it. It's not yeah. keeping pace at that level of growth. And is it sustainable? Um, like, is that hospital capable yes. for the size of the population that we have? A never-growing older population. And an ever-growing older population. And it may be time to split the region in two, have Ennis or Nina or whatever way they refigure it, 
and divide it up. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Pat? So that's the thing, yeah. Building sorts of new hopes can attack, uh, attack waiting lists. Um, establishing a, a sort of hope in Innes can play a part in reducing waiting, waiting times. And the trolley crisis in the Midwest, a clear TD has ergot rights park in Manhattan. Last month reported crowds of 11,000 attended the demonstration in Limerick organised by the Midwest Health, Health Hospital campaign. It followed... It follows continued frustration with the standard of healthcare in the region, and the Midwest is only served by one emergency department. KTD Joe Carey said the Rockfest members have a very constructive, robust engagement with both Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly and Tisha Clear Vradka on the matter since the protest. It was uh, in, in December. It was reported that Minister Donnelly <coughs> was to bring a hundred million plan. <coughs> to cabinet for five surgical hubs designed to slash waiting lists for day procedures by providing more operating theatres. They will be based in Reeves Centre in Teller, um, University Hospital, which saw retail units separate to the to the hospital conducting their hub for day surgeries. This is understood to have reduced waiting lists for certain procedures by 90%. Can I hold you there now, Pat? Right. This is Joe Carey, TD, commenting. Yeah. He, he's Fine Gael. How long have they been in power for? I know, yeah, but quite a while. <laughs> How over a decade? Yeah, mm. and the the issues that are have manifested themselves in the last number of years in the Midwest region are after the decision was made in two thousand and nine. Mm. So I'm sorry. Now there's a little bit of um, uh, I I find that. I find that hard to take. But it goes back to Deputy McNamara's point. Nobody's willing to accept any responsibility. Correct. Because, as, as you said, it's been bandied from politicians. Yes. And you said, management. Can you name me? Can you name me any of the people involved in senior management in the university hospital? Group? I can't Not because they, they are I. never made public. Correct. Kellyanne Cowan is the is the head. Is the head. Yeah. She's the CEO. Yeah, but then yeah. they need to be made accountable. They do. And need they, to be made because I said they're getting well compensated for it. And mm. you you start to look at it and say, what are you running? Mm. And you know, I said it's only uh, as you, we have the media to thank for uh, highlighting yeah. a lot of these issues. And sadly, the issues that have been highlighted are people that have sort of, um, you know, uh, because of the nature of a hospital, <coughs> they're sick. And it's people that have sort of suffered illnesses that they shouldn't have, ha- you know, uh, had to endure in the hospitals because of waiting times and no, everything else like that. This isn't a new phenomenon. I mean, these discussions were being had in the media. If we, if we were here 15 years ago, we Correct. would say many of the same things. Yep. We weren't here at the time. But again, in one sense, on a personal level, one should be careful what one wishes for, even though, of course, in the, in, from the bigger picture, we do need to have much more progress made with getting the Ennis and, and the other smaller hospitals way more facilities and way more way more services. I, I had a call to go for an extra to Ennis there just about a year ago. And uh, <coughs> I was in. Filled in my my, 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 my uh, information, had the x-ray and got my boot for a, a swollen ankle all within an hour. Yeah, that's mm. good. Two or three people in a waiting room having a nice chat. They were in for other reasons. Yeah. And personal attention. Yeah. And I suppose in an ideal world, this is how it should be in every hospital mm-hmm. across the country. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, there is yeah. some issue... There is no responsibility taken. There's no one answerable. The yeah. HSE is, is, is basically a failure. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. But if we can surgical hubs in, in, in the likes of Innes and, and maybe in, in, in Nina and 
Yeah, yeah, but, but like Pat, my point is, why are they only talking about it now? This is something mm-hmm. that has been known for yeah, years. Yeah. But, but anyway, listen, and I'm sure we'll, Pat will still be talking about it another 14, around 14, 14 years <laughs> time. Yeah. Listen, we're, we're going to move on yeah. and uh, we're going to go from the health service to, um, we're going to talk about uh, four-legged friends, or sometimes not so friendly. We're going to talk about dogs, which is on the front page of the Clare Echo. And uh, Park McMahon has the article, Dog Attacks Lead to Calls for Stricter Clare by- Bylaws. And action is to be taken by Clare County Council to try prevent attacks uh, by dogs and data uh, details that there were 130 dog attacks were, uh, which involved a person as an injured party in 2022. Now, I'm not quite sure if that's uh, for Clare or if that is, uh, would say, a, 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 a national-wide mm. issue. But there are issues in relation to some dogs. Pat? Well, there first of all, 130 dog attacks, in a sense, is, is a very... Uh, it's not a very um, clear um, piece of piece of information in the sense that you know a dog attack is if a dog chases you or if a dog as much as scares the living daylights out of you and you escape him, yeah. as well as getting badly bitten or whatever and all the things in between a, a little nip on the a little nip on the ankle, or as hor- happened horribly a child getting his face ripped, you know. Yeah. So I suppose you have. I c- first of all, we have to appreciate there are many many people who love dogs and there are so many different breeds of dogs you have the little cutie little white house dogs that people carry, carry around they're so innocent and they're, ne- they're nearly like humans and then you have the more I suppose what are called the dangerous dogs uh, the, the pit bull terriers the, the, the bull terriers the mastiffs the dobermans the german shepherds and all those alsatians etc rottweilers of course and a few others that are mentioned there in the article and there is no question at all but a dog is a, is is a tamed wild creature, if you like, isn't that right? A domesticated wild creature. Their instinct is to hunt. Yeah. Their instinct is to have, I suppose, feelings of anger or jealousy or whatever it is, and to attack whenever they see danger or maybe defend somebody. So I think you could not be careful enough with dogs, and I, and I, I would agree that action, to, if action can be taken by Clare County Council to prevent, but I don't know what Clare County Council can do to prevent dangerous breeds of dogs. Well, uh, well, or c- can they enforce laws? Look, it's I, easy to write out instructions and laws yeah, and guidelines. Well, uh, look there's good. a, cer- there's a certain amount do? of dangerous breeds of dogs, but then you have dangerous breeds of humans that, are, uh, that <laughs> yeah. aren't looking after them. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah. You you'd wonder why people go, go breeding those type of dogs for those, you know, those, well, those, those I, ones with the, the, that have dangerous. I think you see, in fairness, if, uh, a minority of people do like the pure breed of anything, and, and to the fact that the dog is brilliant at a particular scale yeah. or a particular aspect of what dogs do, whether it be guard dogs mm-hmm. or maybe in the old days hunting or maybe, you know, whatever sports dogs were, were involved in. But I mean, you, you can't blame a fella for, or a, a woman for loving a particular dog that might have a dangerous aspect to his his breeding or his Like an Alsatian now, Pat. Uh, I, uh, people always are a little bit worried when they see an Alsatian because they're associated with security and so on. Yeah. But it's 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 the training of the dog because I know some Alsatians were lovely dogs. Absolutely. I agree oh, 100% yeah. with you. Yeah, And, and German Shepherds also. I, 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 the training of the dog, they said the human is the the human thing you said to be trained as well. I just see that there, like, there is one of these great statutory instruments. So 442 of 1998, Pat, I'll quote it to you there. You're just a if you're oh not, yes, if well you're not fully familiar with reporting those that but, I but, but basically, uh, uh, it says that uh, certain breeds of dogs are required to have such dogs' muzzles and be led by a sufficiently strong chain or leash, not exceeding two meters in length, by a person over the age of sixteen. 
who is capable of controlling the said dog. And, and while in a public place, the dog must wear a collar with the name and address of their owner at all yeah. times. Now, that mm-hmm. was something I wasn't fully aware of. Mm-hmm. I know you'd, you'd have the, old, the, the collar on the dog with the phone number in case the dog went missing. But uh, uh, dogs covered under this include the American Pit Bull Terrier, the English Bull Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, Bull Mastiff, Doberman Pinscher, German Shepherd, Rhodesian Ridgeback, I'm afraid I, that's a new one to me, a Rottweiler, a ja- Japanese Akita, a Japanese Tosa, and Bandog. There's a few there that I'm not aware of. But, but that should be sufficient, Luke, yeah. you would think that the, there, there is a, a sufficient law, but it, it's the owner. Yeah. But I would worry also is a lot of the attacks we hear about, there was that awful attack down in Wexford, I yeah. think it was, mm. a couple of uh, months ago or weeks ago. It's, with, it's happening within the family. Yeah. And that law, of course, wouldn't apply because, you know, it's in the household. You're not going to have the situation. dog muzzled. Yeah. Um, but they get je- yeah. dogs can get jealous. They can get, um, they, they can get, I you know, they could turn. Point. Yeah, a key point. Yeah. A jealous dog is, has feelings or has emotions. And it does. A new child, a baby arrives in the house. Yeah. The dog was all, yeah. getting all the attention up to then. Suddenly the baby's exactly. getting it, and you're absolutely right. Exactly. It's, it's frightening. Yeah, yes. no, no talk. Yeah. Uh, done a survey. No talk. Uh, there's over fifty. Uh, there's over fifty percent of dog owners in Ireland have no license. The Shannon representative said one thousand seven hundred attacks on humans. Were how dog- did they know that? On humans were dogs. Hold were a second, from How 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 would they know that fifty percent of dog owners don't have a license? Well, they sure. How did like well, they surveyed them as it? I, I don't know. They asked them to fill the farm. <laughs> Say, I have no light. Yeah, you'd wonder, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. You just wonder a little bit. Well, oh, I well. suppose there would be records available for, you know, because you can't buy a mutt anymore or get a mutt. They're all thorough. You have reds, to get them you know. chipped and so yeah, on. And, yeah. and, re- and registered. And then I suppose you'd say, well, well, if there's 20, you know, if there's 10 pups in a litter and only five of them have a license. But is there a legal trade going on still? Is that still going on puppy farms and back well, I'd say dogs are still quite pricey. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I'll put my name on the record here. I have a license for my old fella my young fella he's not that old I don't old. have one at the moment um, so. but uh, you, you go to the post office and you pay for it but there's yeah. no connection between that and the chip and the oh. registration yeah. of the dog if there's a thoroughbred breed but should, mm. wouldn't that make sense it would that it would be all connected yeah, yes it, it would say here as well there's a further 1,351 um, uh, attacks on livestock in the same period that's and that's very worrying as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we've mentioned that here before that uh, you you people need I to keep. An, I I, w- I would never trust the dog, no matter who he is, uh, including my own fella, to leave him out at night. It's terrible uh, to see that uh, she she tore something. Absolutely yeah, horrific. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. funny. Uh, I remember as a young fella, you know, grew up in the countryside. You have neighbours, and some would have lovely, some would have no dog, some would have a lovely dog, and others would have, one or two of your neighbours over yeah. cycling to school or to the shop would have this dog come out and he'd start snarling at you and mm. jumping up at your bike or, you know, and mm-hmm. frightened the living day of course yeah. they'd always say, he won't touch you, he's harmless, you know. Yeah. And I always remember saying, he's not harmless to me, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I, a lot of postmen would disagree with you yeah. with that comment. Exactly, anyway, yeah. listen, we'll, we'll move on and we're going yeah. to go to page three of Declare Champion and Hoteliers warn of impact of VAT change proposals. Uh, our own Fiona McGarry has the article there and it's basically where local hoteliers have expressed deep concern about the effect of a potential 400 million increase in VAT on Irish consumers and overseas visitors. Now my understanding of this is that basically um, they reduced the VAT rate 
to nine percent down to nine percent mm. and that from the end of february it's due to go back go up back to up to thirteen and a half percent which isn't a massive jump like uh, the uh, the ordinary rate of that is usually twenty three percent um i don't know is this hoteliers complaining a bit too much their the hoteliers have done fairly well now since covid i know they were hit during covid the vat rate came in the reduced vat rate of nine percent came in to kind of give them a bit of a boost after covid i, th- I think originally did did the vat rate come in during the recession did they give them a vat rate of nine percent for a few for a few cool, years yeah. i think back they did the around 13 crash? 14 do you remember when Vast, we had yeah. the yeah, what was the, 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 the gathering yeah, the gathering. I yeah. think oh, yeah. I think for it was originally brought. So they've in. had it that long. No, it it it, it was back up to thirteen. Mm. But we'll right. say you're right, yeah. David. That we'll say for COVID. Five, yeah. But, yeah. but like there, there's an argument for saying that any, and we'll say Pat, you 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 want to talk about it there as well. Um, there's an argument for saying that uh, with the VAT rate at nine percent, it's never been dearer to stay in a hotel. Mm. Now there are a few legitimate mm. reasons we'll say uh, for for that, but. Um, the, this article that Fiona has there, there is uh, a man referenced, uh, Mr. O'Connor. Uh, That's right. No, he's the Irish Hotels Federation. Federation Shannon Branch Chair Stephen, Stephen O'Connor, O'Connor yeah. ha- has made mm. a, 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 an, an appeal, appeal to, to for the retention. He and I quote him in the second uh, uh, part of that article. Unlike in 2022. There is no longer any significant pent-up demand or displaced business carried over from during the pandemic. Instead, we are now facing significant economic uncertainty and very worrying headwinds over the coming 12 months, given the slowdown in the global economy. Look, every single business in the country is facing the same headwinds, as he's calling them. Why should hoteliers be any different from any other business in the country? Good question. Yep. And another thing I heard today, was it today, uh, someone saying that... Um, Drive along the car that uh, and, and shattered. That um, there's going to be a massive, uh, there's a massive rush on weddings now back to holiday holiday again because there was so much kind of cancer during COVID. I heard and the same report. Wedding after wedding after wedding there after is. wedding. And weddings and in midweek now. Big money ma- makers for hotels, you know. There. So mm, I, I'd there. be a little bit like yeah. I'd be skeptical yeah. enough about their 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 cry their tears to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another thing that links to it as well. Pat, page nine on the echo. There you have it open. Yeah, um, hotels, housing, Ukrainian refugees to be offered no contracts. No contracts um, have to be offered to existing accommodation providers in, in the clear. In clear, housing, refugees, uh, Patrick McMahon is the story, and page nine of Deco. Clearly, you can understand that in a, in a top series, 25% of bed nights in the county will remain unavailable to tourists in all current contracts are renewed. The existing contracts are due to expire in March. Last August, the Clericle reported how seven accommodation providers in the county signed government contracts with, with an estimated value of 6.36 million to accommodate Ukrainian refugees in, in details released by the Department of, of Children, Equality, Disability and Integration and Youth. So uh, there's, a, there's a list from there, uh, you have a list from Werner and you have Kilkey and Lehinch. And, mm-hmm. but, and but, but like Pat, Pat that figure... If if all those contracts are renewed, thirty five percent of bed nights in the county is a huge, huge now, figure. Now that's a fair knock to tourism in a county that 
I won't say it depends no, on but, it, but it's strongly yeah. reliant on most it. tourists travel through the county. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and they uh, tend to stay in Galway and Dublin. Yeah, well, they won't be staying if, if, if you know, that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, there's an argument for saying that that's part of the reason why the remaining accommodation is the price it is, you know. Our, yeah. friends, and, and our friends in the list on there, uh, Hydro Hotel Limited, which operates the Hydro Hotel, into the contract worth 1.53 million with the department. Another hotel, Winfair and Management Limited, operating the park in hotel, um, into the contract for 955,000. Yeah. I'll tell you, gentlemen, these hoteliers know their business. And they know they can probably make more money this way out of the un- very unfortunate crisis mm. that mm. the refugees are in than they can probably make in a summer. <laughs> it's kind of and guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. They've done the cost-benefit yeah, analysis have, on this. Absolutely. Didn't for the and if they it, yeah. felt that they could make more money out <coughs> of the summer tourism market, I'd say they'll be closing, forgetting their contracts, but they're seizing yeah. them. Yeah. I'm sorry, look, on, just Pat, yeah. throwing one little related topic there that I had noted here on, on the papers. In the page 19 of the Echo, they have uh, said that, I know it's very, I'll give you the numbers anyway. The Cliffs of Moher last year, 2022, had 1,136,000 visitors. Yeah. 41% from the United States, yeah. 29% from the Republic, and only 7% from the UK, and Canada, Italy, and those 4 and 3%, Spain, France. But the UK, the US is obviously the biggest the market. Largest. But the question is, how, what, it doesn't give the figure, what tiny percentage of that 1 million, 136,000 stay in, in County Clare yeah. are visited in the second I'd venue. Say a tiny well. portion tiny. because they're yeah. bust in. And the story about the hotels isn't going to hit that. No. What is very surprising is the low UK number because yeah, the UK visitors are much more uh, proportionately visit this country than any other country. Um, so the they they probably yeah. must be staying in Dublin or Cork, but the the Americans seem to like us. Maybe Brexit has some staycationing <laughs> in, in in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, listen, I, I'm I'm going to move now to a topic that I know nothing about and have no interest in. But Pat, uh, you're going to talk about a split in the GA on page 14 of the Living. Well, don't section. mention the war, yeah, Luke. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, so, so uh, now it's not a current split. Oh, I, I hate, I hate oh, to add. Was so part of, there were people yes. up and down the country yeah, tuning into the their radio. <laughs> yeah. so, so tell us all about it, Pat. This is from events from uh, a uh, century when, ago. When the civil war execution split Clare GA in two, 100 years ago, on this Friday, February 17th, 1923, there was um, a, schism. a schism in the Clare GA in the fallout of the execution of County Board Secretary Paddy Nessie and his fellow Clooney Hurler Connick man. In the, p- the previous month, it led to two county boards in Clare, the only such GA divide along civil war lines that occurred in the history of the organisation by Joe Uh there's a, there's a full page on it, on, on, the, on, the, on the county convention, and uh, what happened, and uh, Sean McNamara from Crosheen, he resigned as treasurer at the county board, he had a, a fallen out with the, with the chairman, um, Father Hamilton, right. and... Uh, which side, which side was board. he on? He, oh, he was on the anti-treaty side. Right. He's a fine-looking man uh, mm. with a fantastic moustache, I have to say. Yeah, well, there was a family of the McNamara's there. There were all politicians down along the line. And, and uh, as always, a fine line of good-looking McNamara's. <laughs> 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 well said, Pat. And you're keeping that lineage going, Pat. I'm just yes, watching yes. one quote there. Sean Sean McNamara left quoted in the paper. It says... Uh, to my mind, this is not a time for we should be of enjoyment, such as sports, hurling or football matches, or anything else in that time. I think an organised body, uh, as an organised body, our place would be more as peacemakers instead of trying to show the world that conditions are normal in Ireland at present. 
look around and see what's happening. You and I are watching to see how we'll kill one another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> graphic stuff. And yeah. Camille, what happened in the end? So you had two county boards. Yeah, they what, what happened in the end? They were split for a couple of years and they came back to, together again anyway. Uh, a couple of years after the Civil War had ended. Yeah, yeah. I think it maybe so went to around 2025. That's a fairly long split. But the clubs, the clubs that went with uh, anti-treaty side and, uh, are here. And, uh, From the anterior, uh, yeah. Fiat, Clara, Bradaik, Hans Mills, Aina, Six Mile Bridge, Torah, Clonia, Dora, Castle, Kilmele, Tredery, Kilreedy, Dysart, Trusheen, Mount Shannon, Scarif and Killaloo. So that's most of the, that's most of East Clare. Pretty, 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 pretty much, yeah. 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 Amount of them, yeah. 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 Well, much good it did them. They so were on the wrong side. So, uh, in terms of who won the civil war, no, uh, put we, it that way. We were up. Uh, there was uh, um, there was a remembrance for uh, those two people, Karen McMahon and Patrick Hennessy up in, in Cluny, um a cemetery there two weeks ago. So we were. My Jim was up, and we recalled Thomas McInerney, the historian from. Cluny. Was there and gave an oration. Uh, the only thing I was, uh, I was uh, actually very disappointed was that there was um, there was uh, reads laid from all the people and various groups, but there wasn't one. There was nothing from the GA, from County GA level there. And I think he, he was secretary of the county board and he was executed. He should have been. Yeah. Should have, should have, he, should, he should have been remembered by the clergy uh, on think, the day. Yeah, Irrespective of what yeah. side he was on. You know? No, I suppose people are trying to move on and maybe in other, in other ways. But I mean, you, you, yeah. all kinds of things are commemorated. Yeah. The most horrific things are being commemorated. If, yeah. the, if the Queen can leave a wreath in the Garden of Remembrance, surely the GA could yeah. leave <laughs> something yeah, yeah. for Did I, anybody I, ask yeah. them? Uh, I, I don't know. Or let yeah, them know, sure, like yeah. yeah. Any, anyway, no, the, second, the, the 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 new the new CEO only lives down the road, so she she must have known about yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. And she's actually from Clooney as well. The right. hundred years on, the new, the new yeah. head yeah. Of, of secretary of yeah. the clergy is. Anyway, page fourteen in the living section. There's a full page on it there if you're interested in that type of thing. Now I, I'm going to move on. Uh, our last topic, we'll say for the the first half of the show, is somewhat related. Page twenty three in the uh, Echo. It's the Green Clare section, uh, and uh, we're Hurling County. Caution advised after calls to remove all ash trees. Now, our, all our local councillors are getting a bit upset, but uh, Councillor Alan O'Callaghan proposed on Monday that Clare County Council make contact with the Minister for Agriculture to, quote, put in place a policy to remove all ash trees immediately and also create funding for same. So it looks as if there's... Um, why, there's why does he want all ash trees removed? Well, I think it's probably because it's so prevalent, I think. They must think they all have the disease, do they? But they well, sure, not they all ash No, I don't think no, they do. have all ash trees, no. I don't think so. There's ash trees that are made that are grown for feet anyway. i tell you, I have, I have mm. the finest ash tree in the country. Yeah. Uh, one of the tallest in the country, and nobody's removing it unless <laughs> the wind removes <laughs> it. Well, well, now, David... Uh, maybe, maybe in a few years' time, when the... When the if the family goes up and there'll be hitting bars over the bear over in the, in the GA pitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need to take it down and make it your David you're obviously in one of the 10% because uh, Director of Services Carmel Kirby noted uh, the disease was prevalent across Clare and she quotes 90% of ash trees will succumb to the disease research has been carried out by Chagas on the trees which can withstand it she added yeah well I have a big but fella he's he's very big and he has withstood it 
Uh, I don't know why he's a he. It could be a she as well, but yeah. it has withstood it. Um, the bigger, the, the mature, I know all types of trees can get it, but um, if you're in wet ground in particular, you're very susceptible. Uh, but I was talking to a fella the other day and his one of his ash trees had succumbed to the ash dieback. Mm-hmm. And it had been like that for two to three years. He was about to cut it down last last uh, this time last year and it came back. Yeah, I see. Came back to health came again. Back to health again. Yeah, John Trophy has yeah. a few acres of them. A few acres of them up, up, up as you go up in the lower part of the 12 o'clock hills now. And I was up there yesterday morning for a walk early in the morning. And they were there. They, they only just kind of grow half. They're, they're kind of grown yeah. half, and the latter, the leaves fall off. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know they're not, they're, they're, they're bare now, but even in the summertime when you'll be going up yeah. there, you, you know that there was yeah. something wrong with them because they're there. It seems, it seems a bit drastic to be talking about cutting all ash. It, 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 it is, it is. You know, I know you obviously. See, it's, it's an issue and it's let, let nature I would say let mm. nature take its course yeah. I hear fr- I, I don't hear but I'm told um, in the Netherlands they have found a strain mm. yeah. that um, is resistant they need to work out how yeah. to develop it I suppose and to um, and I think Chagas have done some work on it as well hoping yeah. to, to yeah. Yeah. Play, play. it is terrible though I, I, like mm. I love a nice ash tree and you, they're all oh, over they're, I, I, they're, they're a lovely native Irish they tree are, and they're, they're, they're they pleasant are. to look at and they're um, nice and but uh, one of my one of my neighbours, um, Tomas Minogue, of course, makes makes hurleys, mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it is challenging for him now to find an yeah, ash tree yeah, that yeah. that and he can work. With. Can I ask a question? Is ash dieback uh, dieback common in other countries? For what is it? Came yeah. from it's it, it yeah. came from Europe the, the, over. Yeah, I know Europe, the Czech Republic had a lot yeah, of ash trees. What yeah. state being it's sold? It, to it, Ireland. It's across. It's across, yeah, it's across the temperate the world then. now. I would say. There, there's uh, and it was brought in on um, commercial timber was in yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was sure to be planted. Yeah. So, you know, you can never in this globalized world. I suppose you can't avoid these things. No. I suppose too much. But yeah. uh, anyway, I don't think the decision is going to be taken by our councillors. They can talk all they like about it. Well, in fairness, that article there's a lot of them talking about there it. There is and a few I, of them, I, yeah. And I note, um, I would say a lot of our local lads are there as well. But uh, I, I notice uh, John's favourite uh, uh, politician in County Clare, councillor uh, Mary Howard, acknowledged yeah. while while sharing that uh, two hundred two. 200-year-old trees and her property had to re- be removed and she says, quote, they were fine, beautiful trees, but I had to do it. And Councillor Dallin again come into that, she said, it was a futile exercise to test the trees for, for dieback, Councillor McGettigan says, because we know they have it, so yeah. she has to condemn them all exactly. for having it. All anyway, listen, I, I'm gone. She's I'm, not too wrong. I'm gone over time, but I'm just going yeah. to refer to on, on page 22 of the Green Clare. Uh, we say uh, Park has it as well. Shannon Airport have become the first Irish airport yeah. to introduce an electrical yeah. medical response vehicle. So rescue 14. If you're in need of uh, an ambulance down in the hospital, you'll be powered by electric power. So and does r- rather than a diesel engine. Does grants coming out from the government now as well? Uh, uh, don't start me, Pat. Shannon is the way again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sports, uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, in sports grounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step, yeah. You need power mm. for it. Listen, Pat, uh, it's half time. We're gone, we're gone oh. well into injury time. Who, who are we talking about this week? Well, uh, Bert Beckerweck uh, died there re- recently. Uh, Luke and he composed an awful lot of songs. So we'll have uh, Raindrops Came Falling on My Head from BJ Thomas. Oh, what an appropriate song. Right, mm. we'll be back in a few minutes. We'll talk to you soon. Falling on my head And 
Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling now then, we had a lot of raindrops uh, falling on the studio here while we had that uh, break at halftime. Uh, Burt Bacharach, late, great Burt Bacharach, uh, author of many a great song. Now, in part one, I said I, I fell behind and I forgot to mention, um, as part of a four-week spread in the Clare Echo, uh, Park McMahon is talking to the four elected TDs for the county. And in this week's episode on... Uh, of the Echo, page 10 and 11. There's a two-page spread on Councillor Cahill Crow, uh, sorry, Councillor, uh, TD Cahill Crow. Uh, and Pat, there's a uh, there's an article here that caught your attention. This one caught my attention, and I'll never know why he mentioned this, but uh, TD Cahill Crow says that independent TV TDs have, a significant, have no significant clout in politics. They have the easiest gig because they can decide on a whim if they're for or against something. Within, within a party, you have major clout, major say, major access to ministers. But after all of that, then he says, but I'm very respectful of our two local independent TDs and their role. So, yeah, <laughs> I uh, suppose tis, you wonder why he said that. Yeah, it is uh, a funny old statement mm. because I think party TDs are have to toe the party line. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. we have seen how many TDs over the years uh, uh, get into trouble. Um, because they can't vote whichever way they want. And lose this famous whip. And yeah. lose the famous We had Dem- Dennis Nocton retiring from politics yeah. this week or planning mm. to announce his re- retirement. He had to retire over the Roscommon because he had a different view from the rest of his party. Yeah. So, you know, th- and I wonder actually how much influence does a backbench TD have? We have Cottle Crow here. He's pictured above... I didn't get Shannon Harris's transfer wrong. And he says he was told something before Christmas. And of course, he has access to the minister, fair enough. And he was told something. That mm. something didn't come through. And now he's on the back foot. So I just wonder, is there much of an advantage? Of course, there are advantages. There's no doubt. But, um, you know. See, I think politics, whoever made the comment that politics is all local, all, all politics is local. I mean, the four TDs in Clare, each of the four have to try and get re-elected. Yeah. There's two or three on the outside want mm. to get in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Timmy yeah. would love to get back, I'm sure, mm. as he had served for a long time before that. And I mean, you're going to have to say and get across to your electorate that what I'm doing is in your best interest. I have mm. the best clout. I have the most influence. And... Uh, I made no mistake, and mm. whatever mm. I said before, mm. oh, I meant something slightly yeah. different. But uh, you know, reflection. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. You know. yeah. And of course, we've seen in the past as well how national, big national issues. No matter who you put up for election for certain parties, they're going to get elected because there's a bit of a, a wind behind the, the party's course. back. Indeed. Yeah, and I, I suppose last week uh, we'll say Joe Carey was the uh, TD Feature that TD, uh, that yeah. was uh, featured last week, and you know the, it said that he didn't get appointed a junior minister. You know, so he was sort of yeah, a little bit disappointed, no, perhaps, in that. Yeah. You know, but uh, again, he said you know, they have to get on with it. But uh, uh, as as with last week's, uh, well worth well worth to read. So we Fianna Gael one week, Fianna Fáil next week. And who's go- going to be next week? It's going to be one of the two independents. With no clout. <laughs> yeah, with no clout. <laughs> well, could it be Sinn Féin? Well, no. Well, we'll, 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 we'll say Violet Anne is now. Oh, I forgot. I forgot Violet Anne. Yeah. So she's left the party yeah. to become yeah. an independent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we, we look forward to that next yeah. week. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Now, uh, Pat, uh, sadly, um, 
as we have referred to on too many occasions, uh, we have had a few sad, sad uh, bereavements in the county, and there's two you want to refer to specifically. Yeah, I suppose uh, you had two in Shannon there last week, Luke. Uh, you had, um, I suppose, the most most high-profile one was was Chair Chair Lucknane's son, Chair former Clare Hurling Manager, his son Connor. And uh, so there was huge, huge crowds at it. And then there was another young fella as well. He was O'Shea. He was a soccer player in Shannon. And uh, sadly, both of them took their own lives um, in in the same day or within a day or two of each other. So it was sad. And so it was very sad for both families. Like, I suppose, mm. any, any father or mother, don't, you know, mm. don't like to be burying their children. And, mm. um, and I suppose you have an awful lot of, of, of maybe that kind of um, depression and yeah. people. This, this yeah. is very prominent now. It is, and unfortunately, it's young, young men, you know, young always. Men, uh, but, yeah. you know, there's always help out there. Just talk, just talk, no yeah. matter to who. Yeah. It could be anybody. It could be a friend. It could mm. be a stranger. If you... If you're if you're feeling that yeah. way, I would say just talk to somebody, and that mm. probably will help. I just want to go core what you're saying. We, 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 we just like to sympathise with with the Lucknane family and and the other the other people's the other young fellas. You yeah, can't well. say it often enough, David. That, no. You know, no matter who's listening, it might be just if they're bombarded at people who might feel under pressure or you know stressed out or or very very suicidal even, you know. The more often they're told, there's always someone to talk to. Talk to somebody, anybody. It might just, you know, it might yeah. just save a life. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It can't be said yeah. often enough. There no. are, there is help out there. Yeah. Okay, and may, may they rest in peace. And just maybe slightly linked to that, um, a lady in Killaloo, uh, also a community activist, uh, passed away. We'll say uh, in Killaloo recently. Geraldine Farrell, Nima Kyo, uh, from the Glen in Killaloo, uh, died peacefully at home, surrounded by her family last week. And Smith O'Brien's GA Club provided a guard of honour. We'll say she uh, arrived for repose at uh, the church in in Garenboy. She was one of the founding members of the Camogie Club and a former treasurer. And we'll say as a mark of respect, the training we'll say for the club in Killaloo was cancelled. And there's a very nice tribute there from Dan Danner on page yeah and page she nine. She was a um, she was a sister of Merton McCure was another farmer Claire Hurler. Yeah. Uh, who lives over, yeah. lives over our nick of the woods. Great GA yeah. family, yeah. 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 And um, we'd like to sympathise with the McHale family as yeah. well and the family. Uh, absolutely. Right, now listen, we're going we're going to move on and I there there's a lot of uh, very nice photographs <laughs> in the champion. Uh, as always we should point out, uh, in both papers. But uh, there's one uh, on page seven. Uh, there is artist Shane Heinen and Ian Kelly hang their artwork at Scarif Library for an exhibition called Interwoven. A visual celebration of our connection with the Irish bo- Boglands and the picture by Natasha Barton. And in case you're wondering where two of our uh, normal contributors are this evening, they're at the launch as we speak. And uh, there's Pat- a, but there's more. But the bog attracted them more than the radio tonight. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't mention. Don't mention. Don't mention the turf, David. <laughs> but uh, on page two of the living section, uh, Pat, there's yeah, a, uh, a nice article there as well. And on page two of living, uh, you have Scarif exhibit. Sorry about the pronunciation. The beauty of the bog. It is a lovely picture there of of what will be in the exhibition. Yeah, there's some lovely, lovely pictures. Who's she that's looking out at us? Natalie 
el no, I did not the exhibition, the yeah. article of the paper. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. And uh, I was just thinking to myself that, uh, you know, the, the exhibition presents work by different artists through different mediums, including painting, sculpture, photo- photographic, and video, and text. And it's all about, you know, community involvement in the future of our bogs. And I was just yeah. thinking that there's two, there's two bogs now. There's the bogs of the people, the artists and the sculptures, and the people who want to, re- re- you know, see the future uh, and renewing them and keeping them beautiful and keeping them growing. And there's another and crowd that want to cut them down like that no, here. Was it the crowd 40, 30, 40, yeah. 50 years ago dragged up to the bog? And it was hardship. broken back. <laughs> but the only thing, the cup of tea and the sandwich yeah, in the bog was yeah, very, I'm very sure. tasty. Yeah. And and but you'll, I you'll, 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 you'll be hoping six o'clock it would come very quick and be able to get out of the place. Oh, we used to finish at half five. But there's a great future ahead for the bog because we, we are unique in this country to have such a resource yeah, and cool. people surprisingly from the UK and America and all mm. they will want to see this because mm. their ancestors would have cut and this exhibition is great it just highlights yeah. it I, I, I think up in the Midlands in particular they are they are really pouring a lot of tourist energy into their bogs yes, in, so. in Westmeath mm. in particular I was, saw an initiative up there there's last year potential, I believe, David. there is there is walkways walks, and yeah. simply yeah. tours yeah. and information mm. all that sort of thing see, all that place now to see was bought up by Borna Mona but uh, if, you weren't, if you weren't uh, putting a walk in, in a bog in Ocala Hans Mills or what, uh, up, in, up in Pets Place you'd, you'd, you'd meet about 40 farmers they'd be they'd be out before we have a reincarnation of the field we'll move on <laughs> uh, and I, la- last week in the champion there was a lovely photograph of a native of Killaloo uh, still living at home on the main street who had reached the great age of 100 and not to be outdone by Killaloo this week on page 6 of the Clare Champion um, uh, Dan Danher has the article Peggy fighting fit as she celebrates turning 102 Pat there you go a lady known to you superb not known very well today I have to say but I know who who, who blogging you know the lineage look at isn't it fantastic and uh, she she actually came back from America as a baby if I'm not mistaken I I didn't get to read the full article though but um, uh, Frank too, he's married Frank too, he who, who died a number of years ago, God rest him, but uh, she knows she lived through the Second World War, she talks yeah. about the hardships of that, and uh, but she also talks about the, the dancing in the home, her mother, uh, uh, you know, her, her mother organising dances at home then as well, and, and, that, and that lovely life people had of the neighbours coming in and making their own music and all of that, and... Um, doesn't talk too much about the secret of long life, but uh, the assumption is that uh, a, a sensible diet and maybe yeah. not too much alcohol and smoking and things like yeah. that. But uh, she looks how much is superb. not too much, Pat? Oh, well, that's that's kind of a d- that is uh, the men, a matter the men, of opinion. The men less we can kill a little anyway. He he porridge and and fish and fish. Yeah, that's very healthy then. Yeah, David, you're pointing something out to me there. Well, a Killaloo, another Killaloo connection is on the front page of the champion. There's a lovely photograph there by Eugene McCafferty. Um, 
uh, Killaloo Restoration, A Labour oh, yeah. of Love, and it's Master Stonemason Joe Dunnigan. Uh, uh, pictured right up at the top of the tower in the cathedral there, St. Flannan. St. Flannan, sorry, mm-hmm. I was thinking, which which saint is yeah. it? <laughs> and um, he's he, he's back in there in page two, there's a lovely picture. And people have said to him, God, it must be awful cold up there at the top of that. But he actually says that, um, contrary to public perception, it's usually not very cold up at the top of the cathedral, apart from a few days. The views are unbelievable on a fine day. You can see 360 degrees around the place, very few days. Has it been very cold? We get sunshine. We work around the forecast. Exactly. Yeah. And you said the picture on page two has uh, Deborah Dudgeon as well of, of Killaloo and a, a long-time contributor to the radio here, right. here as well. So and that's a, lo- a lovely article. In, in yeah. It is a lovely article. And they just just for information, yeah. they, they, they had to remove a lot of the cement mortar. Cement, you shouldn't use cement mortar in an old building oh. because it is not flexible enough. You see stones expand and contract okay. and the cement doesn't allow for that. And it, it, So they're it's using dangerous. a special oh, lime yeah. mortar. Yeah. And, and dampness. Uh, the, 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 the cement right. keeps dampness in. It does. It the, does. The, the lime mortar can, yeah. can, can So, so listeners, if, you have an old, if you're in an old cottage and yeah. it's particularly damp, have a look at the outside wall and if it's been rendered in yeah. concrete... Okay. That's your problem. Mm. That's a man Cooper. speaking with knowledge, I well, would say. They, they uh, just got parts of the building renovated. In the nick of time, it was going to be too late if they had left it much longer. And yeah. he's, he's from, I think, a family of master stonemasons. Yeah. He's a Kilmallock man, I think. Kilmallock man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top class, mm, yeah. Top class tradesman yeah. doing yeah. such an important job. Yeah, and it, 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 like that, say, building. That, that building is a fabulous... Oh, no question. The doorway you know, b- b- building is now. the oldest doorway in... in Oh, no, no, that, 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 no you've, the wrong, you've the wrong church, Pat. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're in too grainy for that one. We'll no, say. Are, you mind, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, you might be right, though. I, 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 know you're too I, I, I think Brian Brew no, was around no, before no, Kim Lou was. Now, David, you might you might. Yeah, no, I that, think so. Tomb Grainy has the, has the lead on are it. Are you yeah. sure yeah. not? Oh, yeah. Well, we yeah. can look it up. The annual state, I think, that it's a Tomb Grainy matter. But listen, I said we could share and share. Who am I to run out Tomb Grainy? I'd be yeah. very happy to. Uh, yeah. No, I remember <laughs> when I worked with Gillow years ago, Sean Kearse was, was a local yes. historian, great yeah. local historian. Mm-hmm. And I thought he told me one time that that doorway or aspects of it were yeah. mm-hmm. so ancient. But sure, why wouldn't he if he was from there? <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was just like Luke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a turf <laughs> war here, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. right. Like we said before, I caused consternation. We, we, we'll, we'll, move, we'll move on. Um, I suppose we'll come back to we're, we've about six seven minutes now max to get through the local pages and page 17 in the echo and page 13 in the champion uh, and I see uh, there's uh, Dan Danner has an article there uh, Sean Kramer overlooking partying weir uh, former uh, was a former Limerick hurling legend Mick Mackey, who worked as a company driver for DSB in Ardacrusha, had the same attraction as Messi, according to a former work colleague. And Sean knew the former Limerick hurler well, and having s- shared several journeys with him, and we'll say the the article that's there is it's a little bit in relation to Partine, uh, uh, we say, and to the weir, and we say with the works at Ar- Ardacrusha, and a fabulous photograph there taken by John Kelly of Sean overlooking the lock in Partine. But uh, underneath that, there's uh, an article uh, which uh, I won't pass comment on, uh, but uh, it's uh, Residents Lodge Appeal Against the Plan. So, David? 
Yeah, oh, this yes. is Fiona McGarry here. Um, we we the papers reported a few weeks ago that the council, Clare County Council, had granted planning permission for fifty two houses uh, on the dock road there in Tomb Graney, going down to Redden's Key, that particular area, and uh, the residents had lodged um, objections. Some residents had lodged objections at that stage. They're now taking it a step further. They're appealing that council decision to onboard Panola. Their main argument, I think, Luke, is that the road, uh, the access road, is is uh, isn't in a good enough condition to provide access. And they have other they have other issues as well. But they say the dock road is wholly unsuitable to cater for the proposed development and the safe movement of both vehicles and vulnerable road users. And they've commissioned a report from a, a safety expert. Um, a consultant uh, to, to I suppose strengthen their case so it's gone to onboard Panala we won't hear for a few months I'd say um, June I think is it June I think so yeah at the earliest you know how these things are pushed back of course so the earliest we'll hear is June so we'll see what's going to happen yeah well, sorry, that's very interesting if I may quickly refer to the, the second last paragraph there uh, they just, just mentioned about uh, as a nation in relation to meeting our targets in relation to overall greenhouse gas emissions, as set out in the Climate Action Plan, then the current stock of houses with their embodied carbon should be brought into use first before we build new stock. That's an interesting approach. That it is, of that, course, that, and of an course, line, you know, yeah. But when we're all crying about for new stock, yeah, but their point, uh, I suppose, uh, like, uh, is like you, you have that too. And but I think in this particular area in East Clare, there isn't that many. I would say ruins or old houses that are, can be brought back. And now the government, of course, was, have launched yeah. an initiative. But I mean, we're not talking about in Tomb Graney Village itself. I don't know if there's any derelict uh, mm. house, even one. Yeah. I think there's more than you think in East Clare in general. Uh, more yeah. parishes of more than you think are yeah. villages. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but people might want to live close to the school and close to yeah. Scariff and Tomb Graney. You know, so anyway, it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, of course, as uh, if you're opposing this, you have to come up with as many good arguments as possible. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I suppose if you think about it, uh, no, if you think about it, are there 52 vacant houses? You know, are derelict houses in East Clare? You, you, you know, would say say within five ten miles of Tungrani, you probably would have a bit of counting to do it. Yeah. There are probably there could be 52 vacant houses but sometimes houses are vacant for very good reasons you know and 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 not every as i said not everybody wants to live in the middle of nowhere either yeah and they want to live in a village or close Mm. to particular close to the roads and you know and why wouldn't they want to live in tomb graney one of the finest villages in in the east of this county it's a very old church church door as well (laughs) (laughs) to boot you have you have a share of 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 derelict or closed up houses in Villages like yeah. the likes of Cholano and even you know, okay, yeah. Mills, I could yeah. name five or six no, in yeah. the village. Well, 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 certainly, Tulla sort of for the amount of new housing built in Tulla, the main street of yeah. Tulla. Yeah. is surprisingly De- and sadly yeah. derelict. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. hopes though that the most recent initiative from the government where you can get €30,000 yeah. or 50000 if it's a complete ruin um, will hopefully eat into the, that, that dereliction. Of it, yeah. Least, yeah. yeah, I suppose it's just what costs nowadays. I know. It's minimal enough, but it's a start. But 30000 is still... It's a few bob. We're running out of time. Seed savers there are at something in, in Scarif. Well, I, I, all I know is that, first of all, they, they're doing a seed swap, I think, 
uh, where people, I suppose, from all over the country uh, bring whatever they have and yeah. identify. So Fiona, Fiona, Fiona has the job they're doing out there is amazing, and it's a yeah. fabulous place. And we're yeah. still looking yeah. at that in East Clare, yeah. and, and, and you know, yeah. you bring seeds yeah. and you get seeds. Yeah. And more information: irishseedsavers.ie. It's that time of the year now. Gardeners are are thinking about it. Though you shouldn't be setting any seeds at the moment. It depends on what you're setting, but yeah. uh, you'd yeah. certainly you'd certainly be thinking about it anyway. You can throw up the rise again now and look yeah. at the Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just see in page 17 on the Echo um, an emotional tribute to uh, Anthony Foley, we'll say, on oh, Dancing right, with the yeah. Stars. Uh, yeah. Shane, Shane Bourne, uh, who is a participant in the program there, apparently mm. it was dead. No, I'm afraid Dancing with the Stars isn't my cup on tape. Nor, nor mine, <laughs> I have to say. I but uh, it was dedication it week, nice. apparently, and uh, yeah. Shane Bourne used the opportunity to pay an emotional tribute uh, to Anthony. No, one thing I'll say. Uh, Shane Bourne would have been a Leinster man, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, but yeah. I'll right. give a bit of respect for a yeah, Leinster man. He played the same time. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice that... All of the two lads were there, uh, and his wife and two children yeah. were there oh, as okay, well. Yeah. Were emotional and just a nice thing to do, and, 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 and you know, a well deserved tribute in fairness. Yeah, every time, Luke. Oh, sure, you're going to make time, Pat. Why? <laughs> no, I just as a sorry, I just overhead there's one of, of uh, oh, the, six, the, six, the Six Mile Bridge. Yeah, right? yeah, the, go on. Uh, the, go the on. Priest, there was a priest from Six Mile Bridge, and uh, there was a plaque unveiled recently in, in Six Mile Bridge um, uh, Church Clowns. Um, Fine, and he 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 gave the last rights to the 1916 um, uh, people in 1916. Is it a bit or? grasping at straws now at this stage? The well, priest who who, yeah. who who gave the dying. Then there was more than one priest, I can tell you, because the Capuchin monks were heavily involved up there as well. Yeah, the James Austin is this for anyway. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit grasping at straws now myself. Yeah, but uh, then David, if you think about it, uh, the the first man that died at 9/11 was an Irish priest. And what's your point? Are we going to put a plaque up for him? Oh. Probably he's one. Some there, are there, are of <laughs> there are. There are. You know, he's famous. We have a plaque in Flagmont Church for a Titanic survivor. She 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 was traced back to America and lived in Washington D.C. most of her life. Well, that's there, so. I think that's yeah. probably fair enough. <laughs> I know there's plaques for different. <laughs> You'll make a connection for the sake of uh, yeah. Now, where where, 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 where yeah. else could you get it? We started <laughs> talking about the Titanic to the Twin Towers to uh, Mary, Mary that, to, 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 to 1916. Yeah. Right, listen, Pat, is that it? You're happy with that? Oh, yeah. Right, okay, right. We're we're running short of time, so uh, Bert mightn't get the full three minutes this week. Uh, but, uh, anyway, listen, hopefully normal service will resume next week and Pat and John S will be back. But uh, from uh, our, our visitor, Pat, uh, Pat Mack, down from Kilnina. Pat, thank you I very much. I think we'll have to have him back again. He, 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 he did a good run out. Down from Kilnina, not the mountain this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an in-joke there, Pat, which I'll explain to you again. David Fleming, thank you. on by now. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. Thanks, uh, and Pat O'Brien. And Pat, uh, we'll finish Thanks. up with uh, uh, what bit of music are we going to finish yeah, up with? Yeah, we'll go back to Bot Beckerich again for. Um and um, walk on by, by you. Well, well, there we are now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said it. Excellent stuff. Right, listen, that's it from uh, local media this week. And I uh, said uh, the, uh, the program is sponsored by Root Griffin Photography. Uh, until the same time next week, goodbye and take care. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, Walk on